Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Huddle. This is Tone, your co-host of the Time Out Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a pretty crazy weekend. The NBA preseason has kicked off. Um, everyone's favorite segment is back. We got a little bit of praise and blaze coming your way. and want to bring my man Rain in one time for y'all. Hey, what's up, everybody? You know who it is. It's your boy, Rain. Um, praise and blaze is back, just like Tone said. We're also going to talk a little bit football, a little bit of basketball, and you know what? We might even talk about a little bit of baseball. Ooh, let's go. But first, praise and blaze. Let's get into the praise and blaze. Praise. Week 14 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. And as a diehard Cowboys fan, it really hates me to be shouting out another person from the NFC East. I feel like this is kind of like my weekly thing. But I want to give a little bit of praise to my man, Jalen Hurts from Alabama. Roll Tide, my man. So Jalen Hurts not only got the victory on Sunday, but he beat the quote-unquote number one seed in the NFC in the New Orleans Saints. Jalen Hurts threw for 167 with a touchdown, which you know probably isn't going to light up anyone's eyes on the stat sheet. But one thing that he did that someone hasn't done in 55 games is rush for over 100 yards against that vaunted Saints defense. And so want to give a little bit of a praise to the rookie. And I just want to say that I think that the Carson Wentz era is finally over in Philadelphia. This is the passing of the guard. And so just want to shout out the rook, Jalen Hurts, Roll Tide. Good luck the rest of the way. Big surprise. Tone is another NFC East praise. If Jalen Hurts does that to the Cowboys, pretty sure you you won't say that. Praise! But anyways, um, another rookie actually had the game of his life this week, Tone. Um, my boy, Jonathan Taylor yeah, man. from my Colts. And um, he had 20 carries for a buck 50 with two Ooh. touchdowns. And the only person this week that had more rushing yards than him, Tone, your boy, King Henry. So that's pretty big for, you know, a rookie having a game like that. Especially, I know, it was against the Raiders, who it was funny that they fired their D coordinator like three hours after the game. Um, but that's pretty huge for him and, you know, a huge game for the Colts because, again, that was, you know, that had some playoff implications in terms Definitely. of where they're going to stand. So a uh, big shout-out to my boy Jonathan Taylor. And he also put me over the top in fantasy this week. I started off 1-5. And now I'm going to the semifinals, baby. So shout Nobody out Nobody cares. <laughs> All the praise aside, it is getting a little hot in here. So I feel like we're going to start blazing a little. I am going to kind of switch gears when it comes to the blaze. And I'm going to blaze college football a little bit right now, man. And a couple really big storylines over this last week is one that the Big Ten changed the rules so Ohio State will qualify for the Big Ten championship game. They had to play a minimum of six games, which was the rule that was in place before the season started. And because Ohio State is the face of the Big Ten, they could not see their best team not competing for a Big Ten championship. So they changed the rules because Ohio State is only 5-0 and due to all the COVID restrictions this year. And so with that, Ohio State is elevated into the Big Ten Championship, where they do still have to win the game to qualify for the college football playoff. But 
my money is on Ohio State to win the Big Ten championship. And it just kind of sucks to see a conference kind of switch all these rules just to ensure that their best team gets to go play. And, and that's going to bring me to the Pac-12, who has Washington as the leader of the Pac-12 North. They've had some people testing positive over the last week. And so now they're not going to have enough players to play in the Pac-12 championship. And instead of prolonging the game for one week, they're telling Washington that they can't play no more and they are going to have the second place Oregon Ducks play in their place this weekend. And I just think that is baloney for lack of a better term. And I just think that college football had the chance to really do something right for the kids who have, you know, played their hearts out in a really shitty situation all season long. And instead of taking the high road, they're just going to take the easy way out and let Oregon play for them. And shame on you, college football. Just embarrassing to see the strings that you pulled over this last week. And that is why the NFL will always be elite compared to college football. Damn, Tone. I mean, I don't know if I can top that. But, you know, speaking of shame, you know who I want to blaze today, Tone? Shame on Nick Mullins, you know why? You know why I want to blaze him today. So let me let me let me throw. You know, you love your stats, so let me throw some stats at you, Tone. My man threw for another pick six, right? We know we we know as Niners fans, we know that he's good for a pick six every fucking game at this point. He had a fumble, which led to a defensive touchdown by probably the defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young. Here's the craziest stat. Here, here's the craziest stat. Give it to me. Defense held the Washington football team to 193 yards total and did not give up any offensive touchdowns. So I'm blazing Nick Mullins because the defense did everything that they could to keep us in the game. And all you had to do was take care of the damn football. And also shame on Shanahan for letting him play the entire game, man. Just put (laughs) CJ in there. It doesn't matter anyways. Like we're not going to win the game. You might as well get somebody else some reps, but Man, just overall a terrible performance. I did say last week that I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, the Niners lost to the Washington football team, but I didn't think it was going to be this way. And, man, that defensive front seven for the Washington football team is legit. Legit, legit, legit. dude. And they probably have some really, really cool names on that defensive line too, you know, Chase Young. Then they got pain. They also got sweat. You know, like I wouldn't want to face those guys on any given Sunday, you know. But, you know, surprise, surprise. Rain is not surprised when the Niners lose anymore. And so can we just agree that tank season is full effect as of right now, bro? Come on, man. It's been in effect, but you got to win the games. And speaking about, you know, Niners losing, I don't think we're going to lose next week. Oh, Who we, on, wait, who's, on, who's on deck next week, Tone? Who, who are we playing next week? On deck is the team that is one game out of the lead for their respected division, and that is my Dallas Cowboys. And that brings us to probably one of the biggest topics in our lives right now is the fact that our teams are playing each other on Sunday, and they got flexed out of the Sunday night game for who? (laughs) The Cleveland Browns and the New York Football Giants, which is... If you want to talk about embarrassing... <laughs> it's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Me, as a person who... I have to make my schedule like at least one month in advance, right? So imagine if I set up my 
month and, you know, look at the Niners Cowboys games. Like, Oh, it's going to be at night. So, Hey, let me just work a day shift. Then it comes in a week before. Oh, damn. We got flexed to the daytime. Bullshit, man. I even told y'all before the season started, I was like, Hey, we should make a trip down to Dallas, you know, blah, blah, blah. We should go get crazy because I think the Cowboys are going to be really great this year. Shame on me back then. But look at us now, dude. Instead of having a prime time matchup between two teams who have a very historic rivalry, instead we got to watch the Browns and the New York football giants, man. This is just, I thought I'd never see this ever in my lifetime. I mean... 49ers and Cowboys, I don't care how terrible, you know, that they're doing. People are going to watch, dude. The casual football fans, any type of football fans will watch just because of the names themselves, right? And to have the Browns and Giants, I'm really curious to see, like, how many viewers actually watch that freaking game. I'm not going to watch the game, dude. I'm not going to watch it in spite spite of this. I'd rather watch Raheem Mostert and – our 10 running backs run all over the Cowboys D. But now I got to watch it in the 10 a.m. slot on CBS. Terrible. Which, terrible, man. Which is terrible. Terrible. Especially like at 10 a.m., man. We're not even like shaking off this hangover at 10 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I really like the Sunday night game. You get all day to kind of chill, recover, and then you get to end your day on a high note because the Cowboys will be beating the Niners this coming Sunday. And you heard it here first. If the Cowboys somehow beat the Niners this weekend, I'll put on one of your cowboy jerseys, Tone, and I'll post it. You're going to post it on what? I'll post it on IG, and you got to do the same too. Or you know what? You don't have to do the same. I got you. I got it. I have something something that, uh, you know, I can post for you. We about to be digging in the archives like that, bro. Like that's how you're gonna do me, like on our on our podcast, man. This is like our 12th episode. We're friends, man. You don't gotta be digging up some old shit. Hey, man, we gotta make it. We got we gotta make it interesting for the listeners. Both teams are trash, and honestly, it's really hard to predict what really is gonna happen. It's like which which teams are we gonna see this weekend? I don't know, but I'm confident that the I, ex- I, ex- I accept your bet. I accept your bet. I just want to let that be known. I accept your bet, okay? And I don't know if you remember on Saturday, we also bet $100 on it. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, know it was, I know it was a couple of drinks in, but we did bet $100 on it. So I guess you guys will have to tune in next week to see just how bad the Niners get dismantled by the Dallas Cowboys. As we move to and close to the regular season, which actually starts a week from Tuesday, The Warriors actually had their first preseason game over the weekend. They played the Nuggets. They won 107 to 105. Score don't matter. Obviously, it is the preseason. But Rain, you know, we actually got to watch the game together. And so what are some of your big surprise storylines that you saw after Saturday? For me, one of the biggest surprises is Kent Bazemore. And I'll tell you why. Not only did he lead the team in scoring, but it really seems like when he's going to come into the game, he knows what he needs to do instantly. And what I mean by that is in this game, you know, uh, once he first got in, I think he scored like three quick buckets, right? One mm-hmm. transition bucket, created some turnovers, uh, some havoc, and was just running um, on the fast break. And so I feel like we didn't, that was lacking uh, last year. Yeah. And so uh, Bazemore, I, I think I, I trust him with the second unit, even at times, um, ball handling 
and making decisions. He's now, it's, it's crazy to think, but he's now like one of the vets on the team. And so I think yeah. he really stabilizes that second unit being that two-way player. Just somebody that you can throw in there at any situation, any moment and know that he's going to produce and just do whatever it takes to, you know, make winning plays, right? To help the team win. Uh, whether it be picking up the offense, whether it be, you know, creating turnovers, playing good defense. Uh, it's kind of a Swiss Army knife. And you can also rely on him to shoot threes and, and handle the ball. So I think that was my that was my biggest surprise. Um, and I know I mentioned that, you know, these pickups were not, you know, big names that we got, but right. it's kind of just solidified like, okay, you know, this is the reason why we brought guys in like Bazemore. Yeah, Rain, you bring up some really great points about Bazemore and this kind of brings me to what I was really intrigued with over the course of the game is just kind of how deep the bench looked. You know, obviously, you know, our second unit last year was not some, some people that were on the team anymore. It's definitely not some people who, you know, are going to be game changers moving forward. And I think you bring a great point with Bazemore just kind of being like a shot in the arm off the bench. And, you know, I really like what your boy – I think he kind of solidifies the backup point guard that the Warriors didn't really have last year. And I think, you know, him kind of controlling the second unit is really going to stabilize that. And, you know, I know my boy Eric Pascal started on Saturday, but he will be a main contributor off the bench. And I just think him and Wanamaker, they can both kind of bring the ball up. But the stability that Wanamaker will bring is something that hopefully can put the dubs over the top moving forward. And, you know, if you look at some people who are really big question marks coming to the season is one, Damian Lee, how's he going to fit in the offense? You know, he's, he put up 12 off the bench and then your boy, Jordan Poole, how is he going to fit in the offense? He actually had 10 off the bench and he was four for four from the And so kind of some really nice bright spots to see, even though, you know, it's preseason and, you know, all that, goes along with it but in a 72 game shortened season you're going to need people who can put the ball in the bucket when you need to and after Saturday I'm very intrigued with what the Warriors got yeah and I think one last thing that I wanted to mention uh wrapping up on Saturday is that you know Steph didn't have a good game offensively right he, he dropped 10 mm-hmm. points but he actually played pretty well defensively. He held his own against Jamal Murray, who's probably one of the best point guards in the league. And I would also say probably one of the strongest point guards in the league. This guy's, you know, kind of yeah. built. So Steph, you know, stayed in front of him, made him give up the ball at times and uh, didn't really get burned by him or torched by him too much. So it's encouraging to see that, you know, Steph has been working on his defensive game in the offseason. And as you know, Tone, if the leader is doing it on the team, then you better fall in line, right? And so if he's Damn leading right. by example, then... That's what I'm excited about, too, is, you know, this team being one of the top 10 defensive teams this year. Yeah, and they, and they didn't have Wiseman. They didn't have Draymond, you know, and wish them the speedy recovery. They can hopefully play in the last preseason game. But if they don't, you know, it is what it is. It's 72 game and be a long grind. And I'm excited for it, man. I know the preseason doesn't really mean anything, but it was just nice to dubs compete in the way that they did on Saturday. And Looking forward to some W's moving forward. I just want to reiterate that we all know that the preseason does not really mean anything score-wise, record-wise, anything like that. But Rain, there's a lot of big storylines coming into the season, whether it's Giannis getting this max extension, KD and Kyrie, 
being together a full season, Steph coming back healthy. Is James Harden going to show up? There's all these crazy little storylines coming into the 2020-2021 season. And I want to know, Rain, out of all these preseason storylines, which one catches your eye the most? It's going to have to be KD and Kyrie over there in Brooklyn. You got these two guys that have been plotting to play together, right? It's going dating back mm-hmm. to, what, two seasons ago now. Um, you know, they're good friends. And I think the conversation was more about, you know, how is the Nets front office going to handle them, uh, you know, off the court? These guys are two pretty interesting dudes that kind of, you know, rub some people the wrong way and are maybe misunderstood and do things their way. But when it comes down to it, there's no doubt about it that these two are, you know, two of the best players in the NBA. And so, um, you know, small sample size. It was was against the Wizards. Kyrie had 18. Mm -hmm. Katie had 15. But it was just good to see them both. Russell Westbrook also didn't play. Just so you know, Russell Westbrook also didn't play. Okay, Okay, but your boy Rui and all the other other dudes played, (laughs) I guess, the, you know, the, the four seed in your mind. But anyways, like, the thing that caught my eye the most was that when they got back on the court, dude, like, they did. They look like they did not miss any time at all. Like Katie just got right mm-hmm. in there, just went straight to work. Kyrie, you know, dribbling here and there. You're right, dazzling people left and right. Like just being Kyrie, dude. So it's really good to see both of them uh, out there, and it's going to be interesting because I, I think if they, you know, get their chemistry together, that the team can be really scary, and I think that they can make a deep run this year uh, in the East. Great point, man. And, you know, I, it was just as a basketball fan, I will always say that Kevin Durant is my favorite player. And it's really cool to see him just back back out on the court balling. You know, he even had a dunk out there. And it's just good to see him looking like he's 100% going into the season. And so for me, I'm very intrigued with the Houston Rockets. And a close homie of mine, Henry Molina, want to shout you out. He actually predicted that the Rockets are going to be playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to lie, man. When he told me that, I thought he was high as a kite. And that may be the case. But after kind of watching the team and James Harden actually played tonight and they ended up winning, you know, and if Boogie, John Wall can both stay healthy, why not the Rockets, man? I don't know if the Western Conference Final is their destination. But, you know, if Harden is going to put the pacifier away and start playing some basketball, this team on paper is pretty intriguing with the weapons that they have. And, you know, if P.J. Tucker can make a threes here and there and then you got Wall putting up 15 and maybe 15, you know, because I think he's definitely going to be more of a facilitator in that offense. And if Boogie can stay healthy and give you a double-double, shout-out to in and out every game the Rockets seem like they could be a team to reckon with come postseason time and so just really think that if James Harden can can stay and can play that team's going to be a little to watch that sounds like a pity party to meet zone I mean come on dude I get it I I wish John Wall and Boogie have good bounce back seasons but you know, how long can they live with the James Harden distractions and everything off the court? Even P.J. Tucker wants out, too, so is what, is what I'm hearing. And I don't know, man. It's just a dysfunctional team, a dysfunctional front office, and it's just a team of misfits. And, you know, in a 72-game condensed season, it's really all about chemistry, right? Um, and who can actually, 
you know, play together and doesn't need time to kind of mm-hmm. figure things out. And I feel like that's where the Rockets are today is where they just need to figure it out, dude. If Harden wants out, then you just need to get rid of him as quickly as they can. But we'll see who they bring in and that can actually maybe elevate the team. But at this point, I don't know about the Western Conference Finals, but again, it is 2020. Things have been crazy. So we'll see. So Tone, we've talked about football, talked about some basketball. So now let's go ahead and talk about some baseball in December, believe it or not. And we're not even talking about winter meetings. We're not talking about free agent signings or trades. We are talking about a name. So yeah, man, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take it up. I'll pick it up right there, Rain. If you guys haven't heard already, the Cleveland Indians are finally dropping the Indians name. But instead of doing the right thing like the Washington football team did and just drop the name before the season started and just kind of live with it, being called the WFT for a whole season, Cleveland is going to let the name go for one more year. This shit does not deserve a farewell tour, man. You know, this is a offensive name, people. And so I just don't understand how Major League Baseball and your boy, Mr. Manfred, can let this happen for a whole season. There's probably not going to be fans for a good majority of the season. So who really cares if they're coming to see the Cleveland baseball team compared to the other name that they used to have? You know, and some people are like, oh, it's not really that offensive, blah, blah, blah. But my man, Bomani Jones, who happens to be on ESPN sometimes, he was on a show a few years ago and wore a shirt that said Caucasians with a white man on his shirt people are like oh man that's so offensive like this is the same exact shit and i do not think that it this deserves to be around for a whole nother season bite the bullet change the name to the cleveland baseball team today it's unfair to the people who this this hurts you know what i'm saying and at the end of the day this is not good for the sport it's not for cleveland and it's not good for mr manfred at the end of the day yeah, what a big surprise, right, Tone, that Manfred would, would, would allow this. And I think the sad part about this is that it took this long for the for the name to be changed. And to prolong it for another season just doesn't make sense at all. And what this shows and, you know, that Blackhawks, the Chiefs, right, those teams, you guys are next, you're on the clock, and hopefully you learn, you, you learn your lesson here from the Cleveland baseball team right? And don't prolong it for one more season. Get rid of it right now. Follow the Washington football team. Still fuck Dan Snyder, but still, you know what I mean? Like just follow what they did. And I just hope that teams are taking note and that they, they, they follow suit and just do the right thing, man. Just do the right thing. There's no place in any sport, baseball, football. I don't care what it is uh, for these types of names that are offensive. And if you don't understand why it's offensive, then I feel sorry for you. Honestly, Rain, I couldn't have said that any better myself, and I really appreciate your thoughts and opinion on that. You have always been a pioneer when it comes to these types of topics, so I'm very blessed to be able to hear you speak from the heart like that, my man, so thank you. So as we wrap up, just want to shout everyone out who is taking the time to listen to our podcast. We now have an official Instagram, so hopefully you guys can all give us the follow. It is at Time Out Podcast, but the O in Time Out is a zero. No, it probably sounds a little bit confusing, but 
for those of you who are familiar with the keyboard, I'm pretty sure y'all can figure it out. So hopefully everyone is getting ready for a really weird, but hopefully blessed holiday season coming up. We got the NBA a week away with some meaningful games coming next week. So we look forward to seeing you and hearing some feedback from you all next week. Appreciate you guys as always. Thanks again for listening to us this week. And thank you for all the support um, on IG and all the feedback that we've been receiving. Uh, As always, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to us on. And, you know, we'll bring some great content week in and week out. And just let us know what you guys want us to talk about. And we're all up for it. So with that, we'll see you on the other side.